Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Lord, we are not here just as people gathering together, but your presence is here. You have set up a holy altar here. You have ordained that we would gather in your name to hear your word. You cause us to hear what you have to say. So we honor you today, Lord. We thank you and we bless you in the precious and the holy name of Jesus. Amen and praise God. Amen. 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 So we're continuing talking about what's in his name. What's in his name. So I think we've been finding out there's some things in his name that um, we didn't know were there. We saw how the religious leaders of the day, when they crucified Jesus, they thought that was the end of him. They had no idea that all of the things that would happen that we refer to now as the work of the church and the work of the ministry would transpire in his absence. The Bible even says if the um, powers of this world had known what the Lord would, was going to do, that he would be raised from the dead, they would never have crucified him. Amen. Uh, because it was a shock and a surprise to the religious leaders to see all of the disciples of Jesus Christ coming out instead of being fearful of them as they had been uh, what, uh, right after Jesus was crucified. The disciples ran and hid. You know, even they say Jesus appeared to some of them and they were hiding from the religious leaders. Amen. And so when when Jesus imparted, began to impart the spirit, his spirit to them, and they realized he was raised from the dead and that they had work to continue to do, the Holy Spirit began to empower them like never before. We went over yesterday what we refer to in the church world as the Bethany experience, where Jesus breathed on some of his disciples and told them to receive the Holy Ghost and uh, for the remission of sins. So the Holy Spirit is an incremental spirit. If if you and we know that, you know, we can't take all of him at one time. So don't ever think you got it all. And don't let your crazy religious friends convince you because they got one gift that operates every now and then that they got it all. And don't you be so impressed with one little thing. The Holy Spirit is an incremental spirit. He is specific. He is precise. His His power is measured. It's measured in the release of our words and the ability of our faith to believe. When Jesus was anointed in in uh, uh, Luke chapter 4, if you'll turn there, he read from the book of Isaiah. So this was a prophecy being fulfilled. He said, The spirit of the Lord God is, a, is that Luke 4? I gotta, gotta make sure it is. <laughs> Hello, 4 and 18. He said that it was delivered to him, the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he opened the book, he found the place wherein it is written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. One increment. One aspect of the anointing is to preach the gospel to the poor. That's one aspect of it. Another aspect, to heal the brokenhearted. So there's healing 
of your soul. There's healing of your and, and healing of the body follows. Once your soul is healed, you're on your way. You got me. He says to preach deliverance to the captives. In other words, there's a casting out of devils aspect to this anointing. Recovering of sight to the blind. These are spiritual aspects. People, when they heard him preach, they were astonished at his word because it was with power and their eyes were opened. Amen. Also opening of, of blinded eyes. And to set at liberty them who are bruised and preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. That's it. In the anointing that Jesus left the church, this is what it does. No more, no less. There is not an anointing for new cars and new houses. People will blame the anointing for everything they want to ask people to, you know what I'm saying. Preaching refers to all of the vocal gifts of the Spirit. So if I preach and God puts a word of knowledge in there, that's still preaching. There are aspects of his knowledge in preaching all the time. If he puts a word of wisdom in a message, it's the same thing. You can go deeper into the spirit and 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 uh, um, latch on to the spirit of prophecy where it's a direct message from God to the person you're speaking to, to the multitude in the audience, wherever he wants that word directed. It would be enough if we could function here. But I found over the years that people will skip over this, never lay hands on a person to get them healed, never open a blinded eye, never focus on getting enough word in them so that God could anoint their words to carry out the basics that Jesus did. He went about teaching, preaching, and healing everywhere. God's word is confirmed with signs following. So when you preach healing, healing will show up if you believe. Many times people don't preach things because they've never seen it happen before. Well, that's not faith. That's sight. So you got to learn enough about God to learn how to preach in faith. When he gives you a message, you give that message. It's up to him to confirm what you say with the sign following. You can't confirm anything. You don't have the power to confirm. So we preach by faith. We study. We get our hearts filled with the word of God so that when our mouth opens, faith words come out for the things that we've studied and meditated on. It's so simple. You know, this is how people get their degrees in college. They study. Why can't we do that? You get higher than they get if you study. And if you get up and speak with God and listen to God sometimes, he'll tell you, I want you to go so-and-so. You're going to pray for somebody. I want to heal that person. You understand what I'm saying? Start listening for the signs and wonder aspects. People need to be healed. They don't need you coming in, bossing them around, telling them how to live, what to do. That's the Holy Ghost job. You give them the word and let them receive that word in their heart and let God work on that. Amen. Our job is the preaching. It's not the 
the confirming. You know, people will leave this anointing to the side and go grab something they like, like prophesying to people. You know, and that's okay in its place, but my goodness, look at all the good you could do if you'd meditate on getting this active in your ministry and in your life. You know, people that grow up in Christian homes, a lot of times, your kids can pray for the sick. They just catch that anointing by hearing what you do and letting faith stir up in their heart. It's really not that hard. But people will not commit to it often because it takes study. You just can't grab a gift and run with it this way. You've got to stay with it. But the Holy Spirit knows what he's releasing in the people's lives. It's incremental. He release it specific to specific things that need to be done. When you come to the Lord for help, you need something specific done. And so the Holy Spirit is specific like that. He will, he will anoint you, your hands to, to lay hands on the sick. Amen. He will anoint you. Many times in, in atmospheres like ours has always been a training atmosphere. This is a school for the prophets. It's always been a training atmosphere. And then you, you'll go to another situation and, and you can't do anything. Well, that's not a training atmosphere there. Now don't make me go off script here, folks. Yeah, I've seen people, you know, they do well in this ministry and they go to a church somewhere and think they're going to get up and lay hands on people, do all kinds of things, and it never materializes. You're in a different atmosphere. Oh, yeah, you thought you were smart enough to go and leave here and get something better than what we had. And you didn't get enough knowledge here to know what you're doing. Poppy, help me out a little bit. Is it so? It is so. See, it's all about knowing what you're doing from God, understanding in God what he's called you to do and knowing how to be empowered to do it and taking on as much power as you can. The devil's gaining disciples every day as we speak. He's convincing more people to serve him. And so God's people, instead of waiting for this to happen and that to happen and a new car and a new truck, hey, wait a minute, you're going to leave that stuff here. You know, that hearse cannot get your car into heaven if you wind up getting there yourself. You let things separate you. Huh? So you got to be devoted. See, what we want, we want casual. We want devoted results with casual attention sometimes. Hmm? You know, when you got married, you didn't tell your husband, well, I'm going to be with you on Monday and Wednesday and Friday. And then I got my other husband over here. I'm a, huh? Is she fired, Poppy, if she do that? She gone. That's right. <laughs> There's no part-time devotion. Amen. You're either devoted or you're not. And so that's why Jesus chose disciples. He chose 12 people. To start the church with. Why didn't he take all everybody? Because all every, everybody ain't selected. Huh? Many are called, but few are. There you go. 
So you want to be that chosen person. You want to be that certain person. You want to be that person that Jesus can spend time with because you want to spend time with him. Amen. You're devoted to him and he's devoted to you. And so here he, he, Jesus talks about the anointing that God has imputed to him. Then he went about preaching and it was so. Everything that he said would happen as a result of the anointing that he received that day was so. Amen. Many people want to say Jesus was anointed when he when he was baptized. Is that scriptural? Does water anoint you? This is where he was anointed. He did his first miracle after this. I mean, it's in a different book, the wedding at Cana. But that the Bible says this beginning of miracles. That was his first miracle. And when Mary came up to him to tell him about the wine, you know, you'll hear preachers say, well, you know, she probably he probably done something with their dinner one time in the past and she remembered it. He didn't have an anointing to do anything with anything prior. You know how we feel in stupidity when we don't too lazy to ask God what the answer is? He'll tell you a lot of stuff if you ask him. Sit down long enough to listen to him. He'll give you a lot of good information so when he says to preach the acceptable year of the lord he says now is the time for this to happen amen and so immediately people began to be drawn to him why because he was famous and all that kind of stuff the anointing draws people to you that's it all is done by the anointing. Nobody would come to anybody's meeting except the spirit of God would draw them. Amen. So we can do more for God by expecting and praying and asking him to be the drawing card. Amen. Than trying to do it on our own power. Hiring different groups of people to publicize stuff for us and all that kind of stuff. It's good. You know, if if. You don't have a flyer out there. They don't know where to come. But the Holy Spirit still has to draw people. And because he was a man of his word and God confirmed his word with signs following, he had no problem getting people to follow him. He didn't have a specific meeting place. He was just out in the streets. Maybe that's a signal to the church now. Forget about buildings and get out in the streets where people are. Amen. People in the building can shut down their ears and not grow an inch beyond where they started out. And you get people out in the street that are all ears that want to hear. So we're to take the message of God's goodness everywhere. Amen. To anybody. That's why he said go into all the world and preach. Just keep talking. Keep telling about me. And I'm the one who confirms it. Amen. So. Uh, in the book of Acts, we were studying there, and we talked about the warfare over the name of Jesus, how it started in heaven. And that was Revelation chapter 12. We went over that yesterday. And that the, the, the warfare was over the woman and the man child that she brought forth. And we said this was a type of Israel and a type of the church because the church came forth from the nation of Israel. Same God. Same Messiah. And so 
when the warfare was was completed, Satan was cast down to the earth and took a third of the Bible says stars of heaven. But we know there are angels that were assigned to him. He had a third. Gabriel had a third. Amen. And Lucifer, Gabriel and Michael. Michael, they believe, is assigned to the Holy Spirit. Gabriel is assigned to the father. Lucifer was assigned to guess who? He was jealous of him. Amen. He wanted his place. And so he was not able to take the place of the son of God. He couldn't do it in heaven. And when Jesus got down here to earth in Luke chapter four, he tried to do it again. And guess what? He's still trying to do it. Even though Jesus isn't is is not present in the earth in bodily form anymore. He is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He is the head of the church and he left his name. And the religious leaders of the day found out that it was his name that was doing all the work. Faith in his name. Amen. The anointing is conferred upon you, period. The anointing is what teaches you to use the name properly. The anointing is what gives you confidence in the name. But it is faith in his name that gets it done. And so if you'll turn to Acts chapter, while we go five. Starting in verse 12, it says here, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord on Solomon's porch and the rest is, uh, and of the rest, no man would join himself to them, but the people magnified them and believers were more added to the Lord multitudes, both men and women. So it's the simplicity of preaching that brings people to Christ. Not your good choir, not your your great singing, your, you know, light show and all of that. But it's preaching. Some people think if you don't know how to preach, you can do a light show and get the same results. You might get some numbers of people there, but God wants converts. He wants people to be saved. He wants them to come away from sin and live for him. Amen. And it says in so much, he says, and believers were more added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, in so much that they brought forth the sick into the streets. How they know to do that? Huh? It's the anointing. People recognize the same message that Jesus had. The same power that he had, the same anointing. So they would bring people who were sick. And once one sick person gets healed, the whole town knows. Amen. So you don't have any problem with advertising. Once once one healed person, sick person gets healed, the rest know. And they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing might overshadow some of them. So it's not just the anointing manifesting in the laying on of hands, but in every place that people had faith for it to work, it worked. 
I'm going to say it again. In every place that people had faith for it to work, it worked. With a woman with the issue of the blood, it was a hem of Jesus' garment. With Peter, it's his shadow. Jesus is in his shadow. Amen. The power of God is in his shadow. And it says there came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. So it looks like this might be what Jesus was alluding to when he says the works that I do, you will do and the greater works. Amen. Because I go to my father. In other words, the fact that he now resides in heaven as a great high priest and the price has been paid for this demonstration, this worldwide demonstration of his power through faith in his name. Greater things begin to happen. More of them. If greater doesn't mean anything but more, there's more healings done. There's more people following him now. There's not the interference of the religious people so much. It looks like by the preaching of the early church, the anointing was was so um, powerful that it kind of steamrolled over any opposition that would come against it. See, when they when Jesus was alive, they could attack him personally criticize his his ministry criticize his disciples they would the religious people would convince many people to turn away from christ they that young man that was born blind after he was healed they followed him around questioning him what had happened and then they had already thrown people out of the synagogue that followed jesus so the parents were scared of being thrown out now Listen to this. Your son that was born blind gets healed and you're scared of being thrown out of a place where he was blind all those years and never got healed by somebody who's not from that crowd and he's able to heal him. How crazy is that? The parents should have been the first ones to follow Jesus. But you see the grip religion has on the carnal minded, how it puts people in fear. Even though they're not getting anything out of the deal, they're still scared to leave it. Look at all the Muslims in the world. They don't get get no guarantee of nothing. But yet they're afraid to leave their quote unquote belief. It's not a faith. It's just believing something. Amen. And so they were healed, everyone. And then the high priest rose up and all that were with him which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation. Wonder why. And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to all the people, all the words of this life. So no matter what happens to the vessel, The power of God raises us back up again to continue the work of the ministry. Amen. It's just in us to continue to do that. You know, people will say things like, uh, you know, my family don't listen to me. That don't stop you from talking to the neighbors. 
Huh? See, as much as see, the gospel's not bound. It's not tied up somewhere where it can't get to people. Amen. Just double up on what you do in other places. So, devil, you going to turn my family against me? I got something for you. <laughs> I'm going to the neighbors. I'm going wherever, wherever, wherever. You know, you just get get to getting with it. But that word comes alive in us over and over and over again. It just does. The preaching of the gospel, it has a life of its own. It is the, it is the spirit of Jesus Christ inside of us wanting to live through us. So that's not going to stop you from talking about the Lord. It's not your message anymore. It's not your life anymore. It's his life. It says, and when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came and and they that were with him and called the council together. See, this is when you when you sneak away from the dead church and go and get uh, the gift of tongues and you come into the dead church, you don't have to say nothing to nobody. Then all of a sudden, the devil started getting a group, uh, go get the pastor and get the, the deacons together and have a meeting against you. Something different, something different. Did you, something different about her. We can't trust her. Yada, 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 yada. You become the topic of conversation all of a sudden. See, that's religion. That's man's control over God's people. It says they called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought out. Now what are they going to do with all them people? You just need one guard to open the gate and let him out. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying the prison is truly found but shut with all safety and the keeper standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. It's totally locked up tight like it was if they was in there, but ain't nobody in there. See, now this this would scare me if I were on the wrong side. This would give me at least a, just stop and think a minute. Wait a minute. But see, religious devils have no stopping to them. They just keep coming. Amen. And he says, now when the, the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them. <laughs> uh they just you know didn't didn't really want to believe what they heard then came one and told them saying behold the men that you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people uh, amen i know that's right Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. So this is what the enemy fears when the gospel is preached and the name of Jesus is proclaimed in all authority and all power. He fears that men will come to Christ. See, we should never fear that loved ones won't 
be saved anybody we pray for huh the devil's really scared of us that we gonna get his crowd away from him that's why they always fought jesus they were fighting over the people religious people know nothing but numbers size i was being honest with y'all Because in those numbers lay a great deal of impotent folk, sick folk, and they're waiting on some myth to get them healed. Because when you're only focused on numbers, you're just focused on keeping people pinned up in there. You ain't concerned about the condition they're in. Hmm? You care less about them getting healed. I mean, seriously, you can see the callousness on some of these people and they're popular people and lots of people love them. I don't know why, because they're not demonstrating the signs of believers. They're not even believers. They're just mouthpieces, entertainers, great swelling words of man's wisdom, but no power. Amen. So God is raising up powerful people we've always been in the earth the people that love the ministry of the lord jesus christ it doesn't take any more time to believe for uh the anointing to to pray for the sick as it does to open your mouth if you can open your mouth you can at least got believe god to do something with your mouth is open amen you're cheating the people when you just run off with your little words and can sell your books and your tapes and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you're cheating the people. People need more than that. Why should they have to run around to a quote unquote healing ministry when their name is on your roll and they're tithers and they give in the pastor's love gift every year, all that kind of stuff? Why should they have to go elsewhere? Thank God they got sense enough to go. A lot of people sit up there and don't have sense enough to go. Amen. See, God always has somebody who will obey him. Even if you got to go to a little storefront somewhere where they bang the tambourine for two hours. And after you get up, the, the after you get in there for two hours, the Holy Ghost falls and does everything. Yeah? He'll get it to you. Amen. May not come in your pretty church, but it'll come to you if you get hungry for it. Amen. It always comes if you get hungry for it. Or he'll teach you the word himself. You believe God, (laughs) you know, just yourself meditating on the word. Amen. So it says here, and when they have brought them, they set them before the council. Verse 27. And the high priest asked them, saying, did we not command you not to mention that day? That day hurts my feelings. It's like a parent scolding a child. Did we tell you don't do that no more? Then you done went and done it. And, and he says that you should not teach in this name. You notice they didn't say it. And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, uh, we ought to obey God rather than man. Oh, don't stab him in the heart too, Peter. 
See, that's quite an indictment. Because the Sadducees thought they had a corner on obeying God. Washing everything all the time and not praying for people on the Sabbath and all that kind of little rules and regulations they had. They thought they had a corner on God. Then they find out God's out in the street. God's is in the, he's in the temple now. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. <laughs> he said, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom, uh, remember him, the one you killed. Peter was good for reminding him of that. He said, him has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. In other words, we've seen this. We know this. We can't help but speak of the things that we have seen and heard. So when you know that that God heals, you can't help but tell people that. I mean, when you know it with faith in your heart. I'm not talking, telling somebody, I'm, well, well, maybe God will heal you and, and, and you know, I'm going to see if he wants me to pray. No! The anointing doesn't cause you to speak like that. Faith doesn't sound like that. So if that's the best you got, just shut up and tell them a happy story. And he says, God's exalted him. To the right hand, he's in heaven at the right hand of the Father. Oh, Lord, don't tell me that. I didn't kill God. For to give repentance to Israel. In other words, he gives them an opportunity. And forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Ghost whom God has given to them that obey him. Hmm. That's a good one. You feel like you're out here with no power? Start obeying God. Now, he's talking about obedience. First, obedience is repentance. You know, you got to confess your sins to God and turn away from that life. You don't get nothing holy wallowing around somewhere in the dirt. It says, when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to kill them. Then there stood up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law. He had a reputation among the people, etc., etc. And he said to them, you men of Israel, take heed to yourselves as what you intend to do about these men. He said, for those days rose up before Theodos, boasting himself to be somebody. And a number of men followed him and joined themselves to him, and they were all killed. And he said, all as as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to nothing. After this man rose up, another guy did the same thing. And he also perished. And all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say to you, refrain from these men and let them alone. Now here's somebody with some sense. For if this counsel or this work is of men it will come to naught just like everything else does but if it's it is of god you gonna find find yourself to be fighting against god not a good spot amen so they all agreed after somebody with a little bit of sense stood up 
and made them leave them alone. And so this is how the church is multiplied. This is how the uh, power of God increases. It's by preaching the gospel. If you want the power of God to, to increase, then preach Christ. Preach the gospel. Preach the good news. Preach to people that they can be saved. Preach to them that they can be healed. They can get rid of sin. That's the main problem in a person's life. It's not finances. Your money can't buy heaven for you. Amen. It's not loneliness. Amen. You know, you need the company of Christ to help you. It's relationship with God. Amen. So the word of God increased among the disciples. Um, 528, 540. They keep commanding them not to speak in this name because this name has power over them, has power over everything. And that's why God gave us the name of Jesus, so that we could use it to um, demonstrate his power in the earth. It's not an exclamation. It's not a word to shout out in the church to show people how spiritual you are. And it's not a name name to use when you're exhausted. You call on him for the things related to his ministry. You use the name. I'm telling you, if we understood the power in that name, we wouldn't throw it around and use it so casually. It it doesn't it doesn't infer that you're any closer to God than anybody else because you're careless about the name of Jesus. We need to to reassess our evaluation of the authority and the power of that name. That name is full of the gifting of Jesus Christ. It will do everything that he did while he walked the earth and then so. Greater works. We're into greater works now. Amen. It'll do much more than he ever than he ever did all alone by himself. Why? Because that name is highly exalted. You know, when Jesus walked the earth, he was limited to what the Father told him to do. When he paid the price for his name to be released to the church, now we can do so much more. It's unlimited now. Where we can go with it, what we can do with it, the good that we can do in his name, by faith in his name. Not faith in the feeling you get when the anointing is on you. So you got to put the faith in the right place. See, a lot of times we get, and many times we don't even understand the anointing well enough to know what that feeling means. I know I sure don't all the time. You know, I have to talk to God about those things. You know, you, you speak for a miracle and it doesn't materialize. Or it hasn't yet. Or it doesn't right away. So we don't really understand the presence and the power enough. But we do know the name of Jesus. You know that name. And the more we can get familiar with the authority and power in that name and use it correctly. And use it with with reverence and with respect to the one who gave it to us. then Then we will know. You know, we will experience those things. Amen. I had a, a family friend, a cousin of my husband's. He used to tell us all the time he was a, a liquor salesman. 
And he would tell us all the time. If I said, well, I got to go down so-and-so. Oh, yeah, they know me down there. Just mention my name. You do that. And they say, who is that? I don't know nobody by that name. Huh? He was always telling, see, this is somebody who don't know. <laughs> He's just trying to be somebody with a name. See, when God gives you a name, it's known in heaven and earth and under the earth. Amen. It's known in all dimensions of life. Mention my name. I got more people staring at me looking funny. They might have wanted to say, that's their brother that owes me money. You know, I quit I quit talking about him when I went anywhere. Amen. <laughs> so then Paul was converted by the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. It's the name that did it. Even though the power of God showed up and a bright light shined around him, amen, he fell to the ground and called whoever threw him down there, called him Lord. Amen. So he had to bow to that name. Amen. He said, who are you, Lord? And he says, I'm Jesus that knocked you down off that horse. I'm the one you bowing to right now. Amen. Every knee is going to bow to me. Amen. So his name is the same as him. Amen. His name takes the place of him in every situation. And he says in uh, Acts chapter 9 and verse 5, as Saul says, it, it, Jesus begins to speak to him. And he fell to the earth, verse 4, heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest you me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Now, see, Paul was a Pharisee. He wasn't a convert. He was on his way to kill some Christians because they preached in that name and they spoke in that name. So he was on his way to do some people in. And he said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. He said, it's hard for you to kick against me. It's hard for the devil to kick against the name of Jesus. That name is highly exalted. It's above every name, every single name that's named. When you use that name and know the power and have faith in the power and authority of it, nothing can stand before whatever you're trying to do. If it's a bunch of devils, they can't do it. If it's one devil, they can't do it. His name represents him and all that he would do. All of his gifting, all of his ability, all of his will to do good, all of that is resident in his name. So anything that you need done against the works of darkness is taken care of by speaking his name in faith. Just have confidence in the power that is behind that name. All the power of heaven and earth is behind him. Jesus, the name of Jesus can cause people that don't want to give you credit to give you credit. The name of Jesus can cause a, a, a bad report to turn into a good one. Because it's above that. Amen. It has authority over that. It has dominion over that, over anything that would come against your life. The name of Jesus is all powerful against it. 
Anything of darkness, anything of sickness, anything from hell, anything from humanity, from crazy people. Amen. The name of Jesus has authority over all of those things. Some of you have 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 had experience with that. Where you've just, you know, cried the name of Jesus. Jesus, please help this situation. Please, Jesus. And you've seen it reverse almost immediately. Amen. I've seen crazy young people driving too fast on slippery roads. And I just kept uttering the name of Jesus until that car straightened up. And they were able to drive away. You got to stay with it. Can't try it. Faith in the name doesn't try stuff. Faith in the name knows it'll work. And they stick with it. So Paul was converted by the power of the name of Jesus. He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. He said, enough said. (laughs) What you want me to do? Totally converted him. At one point, he was a mouth-breathing Pharisee, mouth-fire-breathing Pharisee. All the Christians were scared of him. You see that at the next place he was going to. Jesus uh, talks to a man named Ananias to go and pray for Saul because Saul is blind. Amen. That's just a demonstration of of who he really was. He was a blind man because he couldn't see the light of the gospel. And so Ananias is, Paul is praying to receive his sight. Wonder whose name he's praying in now. Hmm. <laughs> Must have been doing it right because his prayers reached heaven. Jesus sent Ananias to pray for him. And Ananias said, "Mm, no can do, master. Huh? I heard about this dude. He kills up everybody. So Jesus convinces Ananias to pray for for Saul. And he does. But everywhere Saul went, there was a messenger from Satan to buffet him. Amen. That old reputation, the old ways. And so God, uh, the, the Lord told Ananias, he said, he's a chosen vessel to me to bear my name. Amen. Um, that's what we take. We bear the name of Jesus. We don't take our gifts. Don't get excited. God uses you to prophesy to somebody, you know, praise God. But don't get excited about the gift outside of the giver and the authority in the name. So you can do more in the name of Jesus than you can sometimes trying to rely on a gift to show up whenever the Holy Spirit decides to send you one. You know, these gifts operate as a spirit wills. You know, they're needed and necessary. Everywhere, all the time. But it's up to the Holy Spirit to send that gift to you and you yield to it. Amen. And so it's just a good thing to remember that because we we need to keep things in proper perspective. Everybody's crazy about the anointing. The anointing is, is powerless without the name of Jesus. The two of them are paired together. They work together. The Holy Spirit is not separate from his name. Amen. And so Paul receives his sight and he goes about preaching.
the gospel. Amen. So he's converted to the power of the name. Uh, Acts 9.21, we see that here. And straight away, talking about Paul, he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, isn't this the one that destroyed them that called on his name in Jerusalem and came there for that intent that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased the more in strength. How did he do that? He kept preaching in the name of Jesus. You increase what you dispense. You increase what you use. You increase what you exercise. If you don't minister to quote unquote enough people, God, I don't, I don't witness to enough people. Start witnessing where you are and it will increase. Amen. It will. It just does. That's the way the gospel. You think God doesn't want to increase the people that he uses down here? He does. And this is how it happens. Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is the very Christ. Amen. And many that in after and after many days were fulfilled, the Jews did what? Took counsel to kill him. Not because he was a turncoat and he's working for the enemy camp now because everybody was a turncoat. Everybody that served Christ had turned from serving the religious laws. So they were all. No, they did it because of the name. They wanted to stop the name of Jesus from increasing and multiplying. You know, the devil sees power in the source of it sometimes quicker than, quote unquote, believers do. Uh-huh. I remember we were we we're in a church when we first got started and um, I had spoken to the pastor and he's, oh, we want you to come join us, be a minister, yada, yada. So, yeah, we did that. And and but then after you're a minister, they want to limit what you do. See, this is religious people. They always think they smarter than God and God's people, you know, and so. I would notice that every time I would begin to pray to for somebody to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, all these little footprints, footsteps would start running over there where I was. I mean, the, the, the power of God attracts the devil. And they want to start having little conversations. Huh? I mean, it never fails. You start really ministering in power and see what happens. I'd be in a supermarket, nobody in the aisle but me and this one little soul. And they said, well, and I'll tell them, I said, I, one lady, you know, she stopped me. And I said, yeah, she said, where are you on your way to? Coming from? See, you look dressed up. I said, ah, we at church today on a Saturday? Yeah. You're a minister? Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. And all of a sudden, everybody's on aisle six now. Huh? It never fails. So I just put my arm around her her shoulder. I said, now, sis, we're going to talk about the things you want to talk about. She had a lot of questions about the Lord. And I began to ask her if she wanted to receive the gift. She said, I think I might have spoken in a different language. I said, did you ask the Holy Spirit for the gift of tongues? No, not really. I said, why don't we ask him? I said, he'll give you his power. I said, it's full of power when you pray in tongues. The minute I said that. Somebody kind of trying to get in the refrigerator and can't get in there and busting doors open and 
dropping cans. I said, sister, pay no attention. I said, just listen to me. We're going to pray. Yeah, it never fails. Never fails. It, 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 you know, the religious are drawn to power. They won't do what they need to do to get it because they're not humble people. They have to be humbled, get sick, get broke, get something. You got me? But at least they get it. Amen. But they want to stop what God's doing all the time, all the time. So uh, they were laying in wait for Saul and watched the gates of the city day and night to kill him. You think the pastor and the deacon don't want to get rid of some people when they start moving in power? They start stoning you by talking about you uh, from the pulpit, but trying to act like they're preaching. Yeah. So if stoning don't work, they go to phase two. Amen. Have people watching you all the time then calling you in the office and asking you questions about everything. Let's call harassment. Amen. Religion is not compatible with the name of Jesus or the power of God. Religion is from the carnal flesh. Carnal people are in religion. Spiritual people are into God. Amen. You stay into God. Amen. No matter what the religious do. All right. So in Acts chapter 9, 27, Barnabas then speaks up for Paul. Says verse 26, Saul was come to Jerusalem. He attempted to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. Now, see, if you're a disciple and I'm a disciple, there's got to be a witness in your spirit that you get from God that you're among one another. They overrode that because this man had such a bad reputation against Christians. They just thought he was playing them or, you know, pretending because he was he was a very forceful and wicked man. Amen. And so that's why he said uh, uh, he said he was chief among the sinners. Amen. And he says here, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Amen. See again, preached in that name. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians. But they went about to slay him, which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and set him forth to Tarsus. And then had the churches rest throughout all Judea, Galilee and Samaria. So Paul was was such a, a forceful person. And was stirring up. He brought a lot of trouble with him. But it turned into trouble for good. These were the things that Jesus spoke. That he would have to suffer for his name. For the sake of using his name. And the for, for the sake of all that his name represents. Amen. We will have to suffer things too. Many times we don't. Not enough of us have faith in the name to use it. With any authority. But when you exercise the power of that name, you know the power in that name, you'll, it'll get a reaction like you've never seen before. Amen? 
the the anointing will cause enough of a reaction among people. But when you understand the authority and power in the name of Jesus and exercise it, it causes a whole different level of warfare. Amen. It causes the ancient warfare to kick up again, the one that started in heaven. And so it will it will attempt to destroy families, attempt to destroy churches, attempt to destroy all these things because of the power that's resident in that name. And for believers who are are determined to use it, amen, determined to use it uh, to to bring the results that God wants brought. Okay, so they were persecuted for that name. They were threatened not to preach in that name anymore. The power of Jesus is there not only to heal the sick and to preach the gospel to the poor, but to raise the dead as well. And we see that in, let me see, where is this one? 939. In uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 36, it says, Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. When whom they had washed her and laid her in an upper chamber, and for as much as Lydda was near was near to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent to him two men desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Now you notice that many of these people did not attempt things to do on their own. But they would obey God. If God said, Peter has the authority and the faith to do this, you go get Peter. She ain't going nowhere. Amen. And so then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. So this is not... Apostle so-and-so that just died that they're trying to get up or or minister, bishop, somebody, somebody, high priest, prelate. This is the dressmaker. Raising the dead is raising the dead. Whoever makes the request of faith will get the dead raised. They don't have to be important people. They don't have to be glamorous people. They don't have to be people of of repute somebody who's a servant of god will go and raise up anybody if god tells them to do it they get peter an apostle they're not looking at his title they're not looking at anything they're looking at peter's got the goods amen and we want our dressmaker back you know this will help some people who have some occupations they don't think are too glamorous you know, didn't take a college degree or, you know, you just you using your skills. Amen. God can move with compassion on people to have your life turn around in a way that you don't even believe it's possible. Amen. So Peter put them all out. You know, when people crying and carrying on, you don't know what they're crying about. It was best to put them out. Huh? He did. Why? He'd seen this done before. 
He's seen it done before. Remember the girl that her father came up and said, my daughter's near death and then she died? And the Bible says Jesus only took Peter, James, and John with him. And when he got to the house, they were making fun of him that he was going, told him that she wasn't dead, she was asleep. They made fun of him. He put them out. Amen. You don't, you don't want unbelief keeping somebody in the grave. You want faith people around you. And he kneeled down and prayed and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And this miracle was known throughout all Joppa. Amen. Amen. And so we we make the command of faith. But we do it in his name. The name is implied here because who else raises the dead? Who's got power to raise the dead but Jesus? Amen. So Lazarus was brought out of the tombs the same way. Amen. With the command. There have been many people that have slipped over into death momentarily. You'll see people, uh, they, they fall unconscious on the street or something like that. And people will, will command them. They'll, What's your name? John. You know, uh, um, uh, EMTs have brought a lot of people back. That if they just looked at them and pronounced them, wouldn't be here. But some of them get enough faith to command that spirit to come back. Amen. It's almost a normal thing, a natural thing. You know, when you see somebody that's hard to wake up, what do you do? You go shake them and call them by name. You don't run out scared. That's not the first thing that comes to your mind. So we all have that God likeness in us that has the ability to and desire to see the dead brought back to life. Amen. We desire to see that. And if you desire to see it, act on it. Faith acts on it. Amen. That's all we need is the the faith to act on these things. Amen. Amen. In Acts chapter 15, we'll see the cost. Of faith in that name. 15. It says verse 22. Then it pleased all the apostles and elders. With the whole church. To send chosen men of their own company. To Antioch. With Paul and Barnabas. Namely Judas surnamed Bersabbas. And Silas chief among the brethren. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. The apostles and elders and brethren send greetings unto the brethren which are at are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, Cilicia. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your soul, saying you must be circumcised. See, the old religious people don't quit and keep the law. To whom we gave no such commandment. In other words, we are not backing that up. We're apostles assigned by God to this work and we don't condone that. It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you. So this is how they correct false doctrine. They send people of their own choosing with right doctrine 
men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you're going to have some trouble in your life, not because you got such a great call on your life. and Oh, I'm called to such a wonderful ministry. What ministry? Well, you know, uh, I've been prophesied. Well, what are you doing now? Well, you know, I've been called. Yeah, you got to respond to the call. So far, you just called. And I ain't sure you heard him. You know, when God puts a title on you, something of that shows up immediately. Now, I know that, you know, I don't know if people really accept this, but I think there has to be some confirmation of what he's speaking to you. Amen. When when I, I received a prophecy way, way, way back. And the woman said that God has called you to a ministry and you're going to open the word, and yada, 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 and so forth and so on. And I just went to God. I said, God, if that lady told me the truth, show me something. Two days later, somebody called me and asked me to preach for them. I was shocked out of my mind. I got nervous. I went and got my Bible. I read the Bible forward and back and back and forth. I said, God, what do I say? Give me a message. Well, then I kept telling my husband, I said, I'm going to go, but I'm nervous. I said, when I open my mouth, I want nothing to come out. He said, well, I don't want to see that. So that gave me enough faith to go. And I went. And God showed up. Amen. (laughs) He first shows up in your words. And if you seek signs, the fulfillment of Mark 16 and 17 and 18, he'll do the rest of that too. So I I believed in healing because God had healed me. Amen. And so that deposit of faith for healing was already there. It was just a matter of him teaching me enough so that the unction began to move through me. Amen. And it's that simple, folks. Just follow the book. People make a mistake of getting a prophecy, laying the Bible down, then go run off after other prophecies to add to that one. God never ordained us to live that way. We're to live with him and for him all the time. Amen. So these men had the reputation that they hazarded their lives for the sake of the gospel. Amen. For the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, in Acts, let me see. How's this Acts 16, we'll go there. In verse 16, it came to pass as we went to prayer. A certain damsel, this is Paul and Silas. As we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us which brought her masters much gain through fortune telling the same followed Paul and us and cried these men are the servants of the most high God which show us unto the way of salvation well she wasn't saved so she's not a true witness amen and this she did many days but Paul being grieved well if somebody's following you and God didn't send them after you that would grieve you too if you're a servant of God amen 
And he turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out. He didn't wrestle with her for three hours and she foamed at the mouth. He didn't have a barf bag. Am I missing something here? She came out the same hour. It's either right away or within an hour. She was out. He had, he had vacated the premises. Oh, but see, uh, she gotta wanna be delivered. Ooh, who told you that? That name is above every name, whether they want it or not. Did Saul want to be knocked off the horse? No, he was knocked down anyway. Amen. Came out. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they went to probably took her to somebody and said, we got some money on the line here. Give him his fortune. She couldn't come up with nothing. They caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace to the rulers and brought them to the magistrates saying, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us. Well, the devil will lie on you. What do you expect? And the multitude rose up against them and the magistrates tore their clothes and, con- and commanded to beat them. And when they had taken many stripes, all the things you must suffer for the name. See, you've got the highest end because you've got the highest name. Them little beatings and thrown out of churches. I mean, the most we get nowadays is thrown out of churches. You know, I mean, seriously. And that's those of us who don't like to play games. If you're going to stick with what God gave you, you'll get thrown out. Amen. They're not going to like your brand of doing nothing. Amen. Why? Because you know the power in the name. You're exercised. It's not because you're called to such a high holy calling and you're so anointed and you blow on people and they fall. I mean, that may be part of the package, but it's the power of the name. You you know the power in that name and they don't. That's why they're always misusing his name in religious places. Amen. So you cast out devils in his name. That's the fulfillment of Acts. I mean, uh, Mark 16 verses 17 and 18. Believers will cast out devils in his name. Not on their own in his name. Acts 21.13, Paul says he is willing to die for that name. Amen. Amen. This was when he was going to Jerusalem. The saints wanted him to stay. And, you know, he, he knew he had to go. In verse 10, when they tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was coming to us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owns this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when he heard these things, both we and they of the place begged him not to go. Then Paul answered and said, what, what are you, why are you doing this to me? Why are you crying and trying to 
it breaking my heart manipulating me to stay here he said do you know i'm ready to die for the name of jesus there are some people among us who could care less about their own lives not many of them granted amen but some who don't care they don't care about nothing except obeying god and serving god thank god we need to have more people in that crowd amen we get more done if we did Amen. He's willing to die for that name. Amen. Acts chapter 19. We got one more. And verse 11. God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought into the sick handkerchiefs, aprons, and the diseases parted them and evil spirits went out of them. Anybody got a prayer cloth? I was going to show one since we're online uh, and show one because people, if if you need one of these people, you can get one. Just write the ministry, leave a message on the number. But we have these and people have been healed. We've had tremendous. You can't get out. You can't get to a meeting. You can ask for one. You can ministry of the watchman dot com. You can chat on the Facebook. Uh, just leave an address and we'll thank you, Miss Nola. We'll send you one. But there are times when you can't get out to have hands laid on you. And God honors this when you have faith in the name. Amen. So we do it in the name of Jesus. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs, aprons, and the diseases parted from them and the evil spirits went out of them. Amen. So when you receive a prayer cloth, you put it on your person and say, Father, I thank you. That your power is here and the name and in the name of Jesus, I command health to my body and I command demonic powers out of my being. Amen. Or out of my life, wherever they are. We wear them all the time. That's been our flu shot for the last 20 years. Amen. Go for that nonsense. So it says the evil spirit, it says here. Uh, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, who took upon them to call over them, over to them, those which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. That guy. See, that's how you talk when you don't have faith in the name. Amen. They didn't have it. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. Amen. And the evil spirit answered them and said, Jesus, I know. <laughs> to try to go for bad. Paul, I know. But who are you? They had no faith in the name. They weren't saved. You know, that was part of it. But they are Christians, born-again people that don't have faith in the power of the name of Jesus. And demons don't come out. That's why they bring barf bags and tell you got to wrestle with these entities. But they don't have faith in the name. They don't believe what they if they read it. Amen. And it says and the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overcame them and prevailed. Now, what does the Bible say? We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, the testimony of Jesus Christ. It says, and, and it says, they beat him and prevailed against him, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the so bad news spreads as fast as good news does. 
which is good. This was known among all the Jews and Greeks that dwelled in Ephesus and fear. See, it has that impact, the name of Jesus, and them not even knowing and having confidence in the name. Amen. Cause fear. Wow, this guy is a powerful guy. This priest guy, we go to him all the time. And his sons got beat up because they didn't know the name of Jesus. Amen. And he says, and many that believed came and confessed and <laughs> showed their deeds. Many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them around 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So the name of Jesus, by not having faith in it and misusing it, is able to win people to Christ. Amen? I mean, seriously, that that name, the most powerful name, respect it, understand it, meditate, find these scriptures again, and meditate on what was done in his name and still is being done. By people that have faith in the name. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Why don't we stop? Well, Father, we thank you for giving us a good understanding of what we have in you, what we have in your name. And, Lord, we are so honored, so privileged to be able to use that name above every name. Amen? Above every name. And so we are honored and we're thankful and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. So we're going to release the the master's touch again today. Those of you who are uh, with us online can receive as well. You just receive by putting your hand uh, on your device in faith. You know, don't be trying to see if there's anything there. That's, That's not the right attitude. Praise God. There's no distance with God. He's there where you are, and he's here where we are, if you will believe him for his touch. Praise God. So we get everybody here in front of a chair. And believe God for something big today, folks, when you're touched. I know we all like to feel the power, but believe him for something that you've never had before. Amen. I know I'm always exercising my faith to get rid of pills. Everything else, you know, that's not of God. Amen. So that's what we want to do. We'll release our faith and, and then expect God to do what we ask in him to do. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We believe in the power that's in that name. That name is above every name. It's above sickness, weakness, infirmity. It's above every, everything.
And so ask God for unique ways to minister to people. Sometimes it's a phone call. Sometimes I would, I know I would always <clears throat> say, ask God. I said, God, I don't believe anybody calls here by accident. I said, just put people on the end of the line that I can share you with. And so it's, it's always been true. You know, I've always been able, it's always been an open door for me to talk to the Lord with anybody. So it's, it's a good thing to remember who you are, what you're here for, what your main purpose is. And just always leave yourself open and available between you and God to do those things. Amen. Praise God. So we all got what we came for. The name of Jesus is above every name. We respect it. Amen. We reverence it. We honor it. That name will always produce what God wants it to produce in our lives. Amen. All right. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona. And she don't have me. I can't get Rona. And she can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, by the stripes of Jesus and in the name of Jesus. We are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God.